0: Hi, I'm Gail. And hi, I'm Catherine. And today we are so delighted and honored to be talking with Karen Grassley, age 79. She's best known for playing one of television's most beloved mothers, the character of Ma on Little House on the Prairie. This was a hit TV series that ran for eight seasons between 1973 and 1984. So this prairie woman was calm, kind-spoken and steady. But Karen's personal life was uh, a bit different, as we learn from her raw and authentic memoir, Bright Lights, Prairie Dust, Reflections on Life, Loss and Love from Little House's Ma, which will be released on November 16, 2021. So Karen invites us into many rooms of her of her life, the theater from California to New York, from stage to television. Another room is her experiences with the sexual revolution and the women's rights movement. And then in deeply interior room, she writes about her bouts with alcoholism, anxiety, depression over the decades and some failed relationships with men. But Karen is a longtime advocate of equality for women. We'll hear more about that. And she resides now in the San Francisco Bay area near her son. So Karen, welcome, welcome to Women Over 70. Thank you, I'm so glad to be here. It's delightful. Well, let's start with the here and now and just give us a a really brief glimpse into your present day life now. Well, this
1: picture that you see behind me is my garden in March. And I've been using this since the pandemic to make it so I don't have to clean my office every time that I go on Zoom. And I go on Zoom a lot. I meet with friends. I meet with support groups and um, my writing group, a short story group, you know, we've managed to keep going during this, which has been great. Um, but i I couldn't stand it that I had to keep tidying up. Um, so, I live in a modest three bedroom house uh, in the hills in the East Bay. so I have a glimpse of the bay and the sunset. And when I go for my walks, I can see over to the Golden Gate Bridge and it's very, very pleasant. Um, I was born about two miles from here in Albany, California. So when I went to school in Berkeley, I had the feeling of coming home. And as my life took me all over the country and many places, around the world, I always had this yearning to come back to the East Bay and I finally made it about 15 years
0: ago. So um, that's been a good move for me. Excellent. So, uh, Karen, why was it important for you to write a book about your life? Why now? Uh,
1: As I say in the book, memory called and I followed, and that's really what happened. Was uh, when I moved here, I didn't have very many friends, um, and I was alone a lot, and I didn't have a direction yet. I didn't know how it was going to work out, and all these memories started to rise up inside me, just like smoke in the air, and. I became fascinated by that. So I took a class in memoir and I met a marvelous group of women and we formed our own memoir group and we've been meeting ever since. So this year, we will publish a little collection. We do this every year just to force us to finish something. Um, And it will be our 12th, yeah. I think it's, it's our 11th or 12th collection. So we're rather thrilled with that. And uh, so far, three of us have published books. One has published, I think, three articles in the Times. And one has won some contests, uh, various online women's writing things, you know. So we're rather uh, happy with our progress. None of us were writers. Mm,
0: that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you, um, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows you as the character Ma. but You have been an actor since, well, as from a relatively young age. So I'm, um, you really dedicated your life to being an actor. And I'm wondering, where, what, what accomplishments are you most proud of? I
1: would like to say something about what it means to me to be an actor and what, what I was choosing when I chose to dedicate myself to becoming the best actress I could be. And that was that I looked upon this job, this craft, if you will, this art, as a sacred duty. I saw my roots in Greek. Tragedy, where the actors were treated like priests, and I entered the training for my profession with great seriousness, you know, like an acolyte nun. And um, as I went along, I learned more about what I needed to do to learn more. And my whole life has been a learning experience, but acting has been the path that took me on my uh, journey of learning and becoming a more conscious human being
0: that that has been my goal. And you've done uh, stage, uh, you know live theater and then sort of obviously television. Is there a particular genre that appeals to you that you are more more drawn to than the other? Well, I love I fell in love with the theater. and
1: during this pandemic, I have to say, I have really missed the theater in the theater. You know, we're a communal group. We cannot do it alone. And we uh, hug each other and we share our most intimate goings on with our lives, and we uh, struggle to get it right, and we do it over and over again, you know, and there's just a bonding that You know, it's very, very special. In working in film, if an actor has a small part with you, let's say, they might come in and do that for one day, and then they're gone. And you meet them for the rehearsal, and that's it. So it's a completely different chemistry, you know.
0: Yes, thanks. You know, I, I mentioned to you, Karen, that I uh, I was I I uh, was going to read your memoir. I was going to skim through it, and I couldn't skim. I read every single word, and I felt I was just drawn into your to your life, into your challenges, and 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 you re- you really talk about many uh, awakenings in your memoir. Uh, and I'm wondering if could you just uh, h- highlight some of those for us?
1: Yes, thank you. Um, the awakening to that I needed to be an actress was enormous. Uh, I had been hiding this from myself since I was a child. I had always performed. I had always made up plays. I sang at uh, Sunday school, you know, it was very obvious to my dad who said to me, well, I've been trying to talk you out of this for 10 years. Now I'm through talking. And that woke me up because I I didn't know it had been so obvious. So that was one. And that was like a huge pivot because I dropped out of Berkeley. I joined a theater in San Francisco and the die was set, you know. Uh, I did go back to Berkeley later because I realized that I didn't know anything and I had to study. And then of course it took me to London. Now, I had these tremendous highs and lows. Um, At one point I was diagnosed as hypomanic much later, but I saw those as useful to an actress because I could use those emotions to portray the human condition, but I needed help with it because it it was throwing me to the floor, you know? And the depression was very, very burdensome. So I started uh, seeking uh, psychoanalysis and psychotherapy uh, when I was about 22, and it's been a long process. I haven't always been in therapy, but there have been certain times in my life I had to again find somebody who could help me go to whatever that next thing was.
0: You know what's really struck me in the in your memoir, Karen, is it seemed like you had a a, a day life and a night life, and the day <laughs> life was. Uh, you're working as an actor, you're very involved with the other, um, your colleagues, you you always show up, you might not feel great, but you always show up, and then night comes, and it's a dark time, you know, interior, interior dark time.
1: That's right, Catherine, I think that was especially true once I was on the series, because for once I had absolutely steady work. And I had a place to go and a lot to do constantly. And that gave me a structure I had never had before. And it turned out to be a great blessing, but it was it was very demanding. And then my solution for relaxing would be to pour that glass of wine and then more and more and more. And my personality would deteriorate, and I could be extremely um, hysterical or argumentative. I could insult people out in the world. <laughs> it was pretty bad.
2: Mm-hmm. It seems so counter to you, who you are, and yet you. This is something that you. It sounds like you've dealt with your entire. Life almost
1: Yeah, I had this terrific anger, deal, which I think stemmed uh, largely from coming from an alcoholic home because the ups and downs of not knowing what reality was going to be from day to day, not knowing whether my dad was going to be my champion or my strongest critic, um, and my mother who did not believe in expressing anger. so it all just went in and then I would have these drunken episodes when it would just
0: explode out of me. I was also very in, intrigued by your um, relationships with men because you, I'm thinking these men are really in love with her and and she has these multiple sides of herself. Uh, and they, many of them stood by you for quite a while. But what, what have you learned through that whole process of being in a relationship, being married, um, being divorced? Well, every
1: uh, relationship taught me different things, um, and I have to look on these men with whom I had these unsuccessful relationships as my teachers, I would say one thing I learned was I'm not good at marriage. Um, and I've just accepted that. You know? I longed on my whole life to have a partner. I just thought that was cat's meow. Um, but that didn't turn out to be the way my life was. And so I've had to let go of that longing. You know, because if I hung on to it, And I was always in lack, always wishing, always feeling sad, you know, so I had to drop it and it took a lot of personal work and prayer and meditation to let that go.
2: It was sort of a loss, right? It's a loss when you come to those terms. Definitely, definitely. You probably had to greet it. As with so many of the other areas, of yeah, your-
1: yeah, I think I was grieving daily before I could let go. Uh,
0: you, uh, I, I really want to hear more about some about your work for equal rights for women. Uh, you, you co-produced and starred in a film. I think it was in the late 1970s called Battered. Um, could you tell us about that? Yes. Um,
1: my friend Cynthia Lovelace Sears and I were looking for a contemporary issue that we could write a movie of the week about. Because at that time, uh, the networks were all doing these issue-oriented movies, and they would be on every week. There seemed to be um, a yearning in the country for us to raise up some of these shadowy issues and come to terms with them. And of course, a lot of that had to do with women. So, uh, on my tour to promote Little House, I met a wonderful journalist in Fort Worth, Texas. And she had just done all this original research about battered wives. And she t- started talking to me, and I, 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 my heart began to pound. I just knew this is what we needed to do. So she sent me her articles you know, in those days by mail in in paper. And then Cynthia read it and she agreed. And we started to do our own original research there in the Los Angeles area. There were, at that time, there were only two shelters in this entire country for women who were abused. And one of them was within striking distance of where we live. So we contacted them and we interviewed these women who were so generous with their stories. And we got it made. There were a lot of ups and downs in that journey, too. At one point, uh, some guys tried to steal it from us. And we had to really go to bat say oh no no! these women trusted us and you cannot use their stories in material that is so denigrating
2: Was it a documentary Karen? No it was what they called a docudrama Oh yes. So
1: it was based on facts and developed into uh, what we did was a triple story because we wanted to cover the fact that Battering wasn't just happening to poor people or uneducated people or alcoholics. It was happening at every level of society. Mm-hmm. And, of course, still is.
2: Right. That was pretty unknown at that time. Yes. It was happening in all levels of society.
1: Yes. It was. Uh, uh, everybody was very surprised. And it was really, it broke ground. Uh, so we felt really.
0: I'm sure gratified. it did. Because yeah. that was that was a silent, almost like a silent epidemic, wasn't it, about the abuse of women? And uh, I think that you you brought together. You write about this in your book that you brought together twenty um, female actors to work together to pass legislation, right? Oh, For actually, actually,
1: the way that happened was um, uh, I was asked to come to. Washington to meet with the Congressional Committee that was working on the legislation for battered women and to get shelter money out there into all the different communities who needed it.
0: Yes. Thank you for that work. Yes, (laughs) for sure. Thank you. Thank you. So okay, Carol, what else would that? What else would you like to to bring up in terms of what you covered in your in your book that we haven't touched on? Mm.
1: Well, um, might like to hear about a little about when we were trying to pass the Equal Rights Amendment.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: you know there's a there's an attorney now who's suing the government to say that. Uh, it should be passed, and she has a very strong case. I don't know what will happen, but we really knocked ourselves out. Uh, There was a big movement in Hollywood, and we had lots of fundraisers. We went out to lots of communities to talk about why it was important to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. And here we are, 2021. And we still are not included in the Constitution. It's stunning. Team. It's stunning, is
2: right. That's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, So I I do know that we've made a lot of progress, and I don't need to minimize that. And there are lots of young women who may not think the ERA is necessary because they feel it. They have many equal opportunities. But when I look at what I read about the numbers of women executives, the number of women in Congress, the number of women who are head of Fortune 500 companies, I say, well, yeah, but we still have a long way to go.
2: That's for sure. Yes. Yeah.
1: And of course, the hashtag MeToo
2: movement.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the time when I was on Little House, we didn't even have a word for
2: sexual
0: harassment. Mm -hmm. You remember. (laughs) So I was just, I'm curious, did you encounter much uh, sexual harassment in your life as an actress?
1: I did not. I think I was very, very fortunate uh, for two reasons. One was something about the way my mother raised me gave me, a way of deflecting uh, the opening pass. And two, by the time I got to New York, I had already graduated from Berkeley, participated in the free speech movement, then to London, done a season of repertory theater. So I was a fully fledged professional, though when I got to New York. So I wasn't vulnerable the way a lot of these young women are vulnerable, you know,
2: in their early
1: 20s, never having been exposed to all this. Um, So I I was very, very fortunate, but there are other kinds of harassment, verbal harassment, put downs, uh, you know, yelling at you on the street, um, treating you as an object and, uh, uh, I, I write something about this
0: in the book. Yeah, I do. You also write about the, uh, sexual revolution that you were, you were oh. part of. <laughs> so, and, and that, and that age where the sexual revolution broke open and the women's rights movement and, what do you? What do you? What lessons did you take from that whole era? That era? I
1: tell you, we thought we were so smart. You know, we were going to be like a man. You're we going to have sex whenever we wanted. We were going to love them and leave them. Uh, at the fir- at the beginning of that, there was not good birth control, so there were illegal abortions. There was a lot of heartbreak. And then there was Planned Parenthood. So then we thought, now, now we have the secret and we can really be like a man. And we don't have to be true to one guy. And oh, my God. You're telling my
0: story, Karen.
1: Really? (laughs) We really thought we were sharp, you know. And (laughs) what I found was that As much as I wanted to be like that and tried to be like that and used alcohol and drugs to be like that, the truth was that there was a way in which I tended to bond with a man when I was intimate with him. And I became very vulnerable and attached. Mm -hmm. So having sex with just anybody wasn't going to pay off very well for me.
0: Well said. I think many of us would agree with you.
1: Well, and now, you know, I lived through when we had illegal abortion, we got legal abortion. And with what went on last week, or I should say what went on recently um, with law, trying to make it impossible for a woman to seek medical help when she doesn't want pregnancy I just can't believe that we have come to this I just can't believe
2: it. so many steps backwards right so many steps backwards and and will we will we well we will keep moving forward because we have to and we have to keep fighting
1: yes I was thinking right away well you know we'll start a fund uh, so that women can access like um, travel money go to another state, But then I heard Lawrence Tribe, the legal scholar, say that the way they set this law up to turn people into vigilantes, to turn people in, that maybe if I, say, contributed to Jane Doe's abortion, that someone could arrest me and say I had contributed to breaking this law. Well,
2: that's absurd. Or pay for it, yes,
0: yes, it is absurd. So Karen, are you acting? Are you uh, a- active in the theater now? Well, there's not much theater now, you know that's true <laughs>
1: um, we're We're still hoping uh, for more of an opening um, these variants make me wonder, you know how long it's going to take. I did um, make a small independent, movie before the pandemic so I'm looking forward to hearing exactly when that's going to be released and being able to announce it um and I I must say I I love working in the theater you know uh but um you know it's age my age uh lack of parts the lack of budget that the Theaters have so that the conditions are very that in some cases they're quite primitive
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and uh, my tolerance for that uh is going down
0: <laughs> well you put you put up with a lot of that earlier in your career i know <laughs> <laughs> what, what you wrote about in your books so. it's all for love
1: you know <laughs> <laughs> right
0: <laughs> so uh, karen wh- um what's next for you um, are, are you in are you doing what you want to be doing is this you know the, all the clubs and the groups and the gardening and
1: gosh i i really don't know i've always been a person who needed a project you know, creative project, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm not happy when I don't have a creative project, but now the book, you know, it's get the book out there. So many years of learning and growing have gone into writing this book, so that now I want people to read it. So that is my main focus, is to talk about it and have people read it and get it out And I can't imagine there might be quite a sinking feeling uh, once the flurry of that is over. Um, I wonder what Karen will do.
2: When will it be published, uh, Karen? When when would you expect it to be published, the book? Uh, November 16th. Okay, we can run right out and get it. Great. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah, it's pre-orders are now. Okay. All right. You
1: can find a a way to pre-order on Amazon or on my website, Karengrassley.net.
0: So please do. Yes. (laughs) Well, I recommend it highly. And I know that our listeners will be very, very interested in it. So um, anything else, Karen, before we close?
1: Well, I would like to say something about Little House and the gift that it has been to me. Um, I had no idea that this show would come to rest in people's hearts the way it has. And I have been discovering as I've been sending the book out for pre readers that people, love this character and people give back to me because of the work that we did and I just you know live my little life here in my house and I don't I don't feel that but when I do have this interaction with people that I don't know but who want to help me who want to reach out to I'm very moved, and I feel like I'm receiving all kinds of benefits that I didn't know I would. It's just uh, very, very touching, particularly as I was so resistant as a young actress to doing a television series. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I can understand. Well, a little house on the Prairie as a, as a series is d- near and dear to my heart. And It's one of uh, my, my daughter and I would watch what uh, was reruns by then, but absolutely a mem- very memorable part of our, our lives. So, I'm so uh, glad. thank you for that. and thank you for talking with us today. It's just we've looked forward to it so much and it's just a pure pleasure to be in conversation with you.
1: Oh, thank you. You've made it so easy and so pleasant for me, both of you.
0: Thanks so much, Karen. Really a pleasure.